So, I told myself as soon as I finished I was going to do a review over this game. And the more I played this game, the more I felt like I needed to express my thoughts on the game. Because uh, they, they tortured me so. My thoughts, <laughs> not the game. I, um, I recently just beat Red Dead Redemption. Um, I played the whole game through, beat it, uh, got the whole shebang bang. So, my initial thoughts while playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I happen to be someone who's played the first one. I've seen that basically a lot of people didn't play the first one. And honestly, I feel that that actually changes the gameplay. Well, not the gameplay, but it actually changes the outlook of the game immensely. Um, simply because of it being a prequel. Much like watching any movie that is a prequel. If you had seen the past iteration of the movie, which is a, the story that it's a prequel for, um, things tend to be bittersweet, or things happen to be on a nostalgia note, or there are things you recognize and take notice of and whatnot. I kind of came at this, I, I feel like I had a, um, a way of looking at this with uh, um, a fresh start. Because it has been years since I played the original Red Dead Redemption. So, I didn't revisit the game in order to play 2. Because it's Rockstar we're dealing with. Honestly, when I saw like the poster for it and everything. And it was like they had the image. And they were like they're going to do John Marston and everything. Prior to playing the first one. And then the story was also revealed that it was going to be a prequel. Prior to that knowledge, I felt like... I didn't want to replay the first game because, again, it's Rockstar we're dealing with. They're not that deeply story-oriented as you would think to where it is essential for you to play the first one in order for the second one to be a good game. They don't typically work like that. And uh, if they were to, then honestly this would be a whole different type of review. But, uh, well, I'd, I'd be having a whole different opinion about the game itself. But that's not the case. That's not what happened. So, typically speaking, you do not need to play the first Red Dead Redemption in order to understand this game or play it at all. Um, it helps. And honestly, there's a lot of, uh, there's certain nods to anyone who has played the first game. But honestly, I would play two first in order to truly grasp and get a great understanding of Red Dead Redemption. Um, like, typically when it comes to storytelling, when you do things in prequels, I feel like you're already treading on thin ice. Um, prequels themselves kind of undermine the whole story-going process of the thing prior to it, and like I said, you're treading on thin ice. You can either ruin the story that came, that's going to come out, that came before, or you might enhance it a little bit. And with Red Dead Redemption 2, I give them credit. They enhanced the uh, story of John Marston a great deal. Um, and I, I tip my hat to them for that. But at the same time, if you knew about anything uh, prior to Red Dead Redemption, seeing as how this game is a prequel, 
a lot of the things that they do in the game kind of come off in a negative aspect because of the fact that everything is really done with a bittersweet understanding of what's going on because you already happen to know what's going to take place in the first Red Dead Redemption, like myself. I don't remember the context of what happened in the game, but I do remember the major parts. Don't remember any character's name because it's a Rockstar game. That's not important, and they're never really that memorable to be where just off-rip. I know a character's name like that. Um, Red Dead Redemption wasn't a game where any central aspect of the game hit home rather than it being a cowboy game that had a really good ending. That's it. That's that's all of it that was a major factor with me. I'm kind of giving backstory as to my feelings on the games themselves before I get into breaking it down. Just so you can understand exactly where the hell I'm coming from. That way you don't think like, he's talking out of his ass. And I was like, ah, I feel this way about it. So I'm letting you know I feel this way about it. So when I talk about it, you'll understand. But So I felt that it was a negative uh, aspect on it being a prequel. Seeing as how I'm urging anyone who hasn't played Red Dead Redemption 2 or the first Red Dead Redemption to start with 2. It's the story should have been told in that order. Um, this being a prequel undermines the original story because like I said, it takes away a lot from how the original story progresses. Seems how it has such a major impactful uh, arc. It's honestly a really good story in its own merit. Um, Red Dead Redemption 1 is, is a very well and uh, good game, very well made and really good game. So, again, 2 just just kind of nicks at that, um, just just in certain aspects. Uh, they're, they're, if you're someone who's played Red Dead Redemption 1, it, it should hit you in a way where you go, ah, just ah, in terms of the story. Well, if you're someone who hasn't played Red Dead Redemption, everything is fresh, new, and the feelings and the understandings of everything that takes place between both games honestly is a, is a hell of a lot better story-wise. It, it just, just really in story-wise. So, with that being said, Red Dead Redemption 2, I, I've, I've seen that it's gotten praised out the ass since it came out. It, and it's been out for a while, I understand that, and I could give less of a fuck. This is when I got to, like, I, I could give less of a fuck. But my impression of the game essentially boils down to the fact that it it was okay. The game is okay. The story is okay. It really is okay. And I say that with the most heartfelt, God damn it, I wish I didn't have to say that feeling. Because I love Arthur Morgan. I love that man's character. I love his redemption story. I love what the fuck they did with Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. I think Arthur Morgan is a far more likable and enjoyable character than John Marston. Fight me. I don't care <laughs> what anyone else has to say. Arthur Morgan is the man. And I enjoyed playing him in the game. But again, because of the fact that this is a prequel, 
all it did was cut into that aspect of liking his character and getting to understand his character and everything like that. Because all I knew was that it was going to lead into the original Red Dead Redemption. So that took away a lot of the aspect of the game for me because I couldn't really immerse myself in the story without that being a dark cloud looming over my head. I know what's going to happen to John Marston from the original Red Dead Redemption because he's the main character of that game. And it affected my whole outlook on the video game because I understood that. And I that's why I said I because that was such a glaring issue for me. I feel that the game would be far the game would have been far more enjoyable if I had never played anything related to Red Dead Redemption. And honestly, I'm mad that I did because I love what they did with Arthur Morgan. So because of that, the game came off as just okay. Because again, this game is a sequel. That story is a prequel. And walk that's that's the that's the harsh reality when it comes to walking on thin ice. You're going to get cracks. You might not fall through, but you're going to get fucking cracks. <laughs> so, it's thin ice. Hell, you might not, you you know, I'm, I'm not going to go any deeper into that analogy because you might not get cracks, but still, you're walking on thin ice. The danger is the danger. You, you know that I'm talking about. So, that being the way this, oh, if you're clicking, I'm still on my computer. Um, but, that being the way, um, uh, something that was a huge glaring issue with me when it came to playing this game and immersing myself in the character because I had to get over that aspect and then just start liking the story. Which brings me to the other problem that I have with the story, which is what makes this just passably okay to me. And that is the fact that Arthur Morgan was amazing. He was a very good, stubborn character. Honestly, more befitting of what your typical westernized cowboy would be rather than what John Marston was from the first Red Dead Redemption, who literally was on a, who literally was on a path to redeem himself by doing, uh, doing missions and whatnot for the necessity of him trying to get back to his family and clear his name or whatever are the problems that he ref that he was facing while as with Arthur Morgan you're literally uh just you you're, you're kind of on your own in that aspect his redemption story doesn't come from a an, a need that you're given from the beginning of the game that he has to do this this way you're basically given the redemption story as the game progresses, the way how you handle and tackle different challenges, how you speak to people, how you interact and in doing certain things, really justified and carved out the actions that Arthur would take, thus by leading to his fate, which made it far more enjoyable than the original Red Dead Redemption, which kind of just threw a curveball at you at the end, while with this game, it, it was setting you up to knock you down, and it didn't bother you that it did that. The The story goes the way that it goes, and it's fantastic that it does that. But again, while you're playing the game, there is no, there was no point in the game or the story where anything that did happen to Arthur, whether it was 
uh, when he got TB or when he, um, when he actually, like, when you actually start helping people, when you do missions to help out the Native American people, when you try to, um, when you're constantly, uh, undermined by people inside the gang and Arthur's doing whatever he can to keep the structure of the gang together and he's constantly doing missions or talking and things like that to different people to just keep the peace within the gang and then it all just comes crumbling down at the very end. None of that was ever a low point for me while playing the game. Uh, aside from the fact that I would think about what ultimately is going to happen because I've played Red Dead Redemption 1, but while playing 2, none of that was ever a negative factor for me while playing the game, and I, I commend them for that. I thought that was amazing. To sit there and play the game and not feel a worse for wear for this character who I generally started to care about because I was doing what he was doing. Every action felt genuine while I was carrying them out. I wanted to do this. I did that. But Arthur had the personality and standpoint to where when he did things like that, he would do it. While with John Marston in the first one, it didn't come off that way. If I'm working for the government, why the hell would I have a shootout in the town and rob everybody? Arthur Morgan was a part of a gang, and I was tasked with actually getting money for the gang. So, me going around being a thief made total sense. <laughs> or me going around doing illegal stuff made absolute sense. It felt genuine. With John, it was just kind of like, why would this guy do this? And so, and it's like, you know, it, it had that level of sensibility of, you know, like, the, you get to be in the Wild West. That's what the first Redemption, Red Dead Redemption was trying to do. But with two, it, it just, it felt right to be this character. Arthur had that standpoint. He gave off the presence of a cowboy. So when you got to play as him, you were a cowboy. And, it, and whether you be an outlaw or honorable citizen or anything like that, it was great. And honestly, I don't know if anyone knows, but is it capable of getting called out to duels in Red Dead Redemption 2? I know in one, that was a major... That was a thing that would happen to me all the time. Someone would call me out, and I would have a shootout. But that never happened to me in 2. And I don't know, like, if that's a post... Like, I don't see why you wouldn't keep something like that in there. Because I thought it was really cool when they did that um, in 1. But it, that never happened to me in 2. And honestly, it made me kind of sad while playing it. I was like, no one wanna. Don't want to die by my quick draw skills, <laughs> but that—that's one thing. Now, as much praise as I'm giving, all of this stands stems from Arthur Morgan's character, and I give great praise to him because I loved his character. But that doesn't excuse the fact that I said that the story itself was okay, and that's the problem. The reason that the story was okay was essentially the fact that Arthur had that characterization the way that he did, it did nothing but make me raise an eyebrow and question every dumbass, stupid mission that I was given in which Arthur personally would feel as if there was something not right, there was something he didn't trust, something he didn't agree with, but yet he still went along with the mission under some superfluous loyalty that he had for the gang, which at the end of the game just washed away. And you could say that it was because he got TB and then he was feeling remorse in the fact that he was dying and then everything started to become clearer and whatnot. 
But at the same route, his personality itself already had that aspect to where if Dutch was to say something way out of his way or to have some crazy ass plan that Arthur didn't see fit to do or it just didn't make any sense to even attempt to do something like that. And there's no reason for them to even try because all it would do was bring down more heat on them, which they didn't need. Arthur's character was already built up and designed to be someone who would just immediately not go with it. So then to have that be an undermining factor with him to where he would then just cave in no matter who was given the orders or who was given the mission just seems so ridiculous. I feel that the gameplay would have been a hell of a lot better if there were mul- if there were ways for you to um, agree or disagree with doing certain missions. If there were aspects where you could just opt out of doing things. Someone tells um, some of the guys get together for a, um, a job and then they go, you in Arthur? And then he goes, no. Because it sounds dangerous, crazy, and there's a possibility of you all getting killed. But then it went the Rockstar sand- Sandbox route to where just, you see a mission, you do a mission. So, no matter what mission I did, I was always strung along while doing it. But it felt so out of place with Arthur's character because they would constantly have him during the low time of what they were doing, the other bad thing of Red Dead Redemption and Rockstar in general, but during the ride to whatever mission that they're doing in the low time in which ensues, the conversations that will happen to the area which the mission is supposed to take place will all basically go about people talking or explaining or trying to convince Arthur that what they're doing is a bad idea while him constantly undermining and questioning everything that they have planned or what they're about to do. So then it just seems out of character that he would just willingly go along with what was happening when they have him such when they have him created and stand as such a stubborn by his own merit type of character who didn't really need to listen to anybody. So having that was Something that deeply took away from the game. Um, Rockstar Sandbox games have this very minuscule um, originality to them in terms of being able to warp the story any way that you want or to feel like you have some type of control over what's going on. Um, I would say Bioware did really a clever way of doing this in like uh, Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Inquisition. And uh, so did The Witcher. In which, basically, they kind of steer you um, to the correct path of how the story is supposed to be. Even though it's an open world sandbox game with adventure and, and stuff like that. But they steer you in a correct path as to exactly how the story should take place. With The Witcher, you were given levels in terms of letting you know exactly what you're ready for. So, with a level basis behind each mission... You understood that if you weren't strong enough, then you weren't capable of tackling certain missions. And whether they gave you those missions or monsters to deal with in the beginning of the game, you understood exactly where you stood or how you could tackle this because you were the level that you were at level. And, and, and it's a clever way of doing things. Um, that's that's how Witcher did it. Uh, just, just to make sure that you follow the path that the game has already set, but to feel like you have some type of... Um, Ability to just be open in your decisions and what you're doing, which it was able to carefully play out by having you take certain actions within the game that would ultimately affect how the overall game 
was played and how the end result of the game actually went down. Certain certain decisions you made in minor missions actually affected a great deal of uh, grandiose missions later on, which you just didn't see the ripple effect to. And it was fantastic. It was a thing where you save one of the witches, and uh, I know in the game, um, basically, if you let her keep the notes or something like that, she winds up getting killed, but if you destroy the notes but still convince her to be your friend or stay your friend, she actually joins you and helps you during the last battle. Uh, during, well, not the last battle, but the battle at the uh, at the little witcher's uh, hideout or whatever. I can't remember the name. And um, and I thought that was cool. I didn't understood that that little small mission I did with her, I knew it affected her in some way. But I didn't realize that the overall effect it was going to have on my person would be that great. And I thought that was cool. With Dragon Age Origins, they let you pick exactly which path you want to take in terms of how the story starts off. They give you kind of a certain number of set locations where you have to go to recruit people. And typically, you're actually supposed to go in a specific order. But the game doesn't give you that. They give you some semblance of freedom. And how they trick you is that um, when you try to go to one location, if you're not strong enough to defeat the enemies that appear in that location, you get killed. So then from trial and error, you realize that you can't go past this location. So you go to another location to try your luck somewhere else. And then, you know, more times out of not, that's actually the place you're supposed to be. And then you're able to clear, um, easily clear it. Or you could still push your way through, clear the level area that you're not supposed to be in yet, and then still go back to the other areas. And you might be overly powerful or you find stuff that you should get later. But you still had that decision of making that and, um, and feeling that of the game. And then it also was able to balance it out by the difficulty of certain characters and monsters that you fight while you're playing the game. So even if you were supposed to be weak here and strong here, the, the, it, it kind of, it just, it, it felt, it felt balanced the way how the game plays out. Inquisition does almost the exact same thing. So I always thought that that was a, a great way of balancing out of a, a open world game or a sandbox game. And Rockstar fails to do this every freaking time. There is no choice. There is no ultimate decision. There is no way of shaping your character or feeling or having them do anything like that. In, in Red Dead Redemption 2, you just either were honorable or dishonorable. But then it just drove into question so many other aspects that were ridiculous and having that be a gauge setting that would help out the story. One of the aspects being that you can get honored by going around town just saying hi to people. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, and then, but having high honor affects the end result of the game. God damn it. Well, then I guess I should, you know, it's like whether it's, whether you've been good or bad actually determines a different ending that plays out. Um, they all have the same veritable ending for Arthur Morgan, but just exactly how he goes is dependent on whether you're honorable or not which I felt is something that they didn't need to do considering that you start the game as a character who is in a gang and is known and is being hunted by Pinkertons totally retarded aspect for it redemption made a hell of a lot more sense when it came to John Marston 
Because his story is literally a redemption. He's trying to clean up past issues and past problems in order to make sure that his future and the rest of his life is left safe and out of the world that he left behind. He is trying to redeem his past actions of being in the gang that is now running rampant or the people who are a part of it are now going crazy and the government wants him to stop it. That was literally, you're literally told the redemption story in the beginning of Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption 2 was masterfully done in a way to where your redemption seemed authentic because your character was generally getting a feel and understanding of his mortality as well as what his life has been up to all this time. And so to help out John Marston from the first game in order to escape this life that basically they put themselves in while he has a chance. Seeing as how he's someone that he grew up with, he knows deeply, and he understands that he could live the life that Arthur was starting to understood, understand that he wanted to live. He never got the chance, but he wanted to. So he was redeeming himself by helping out John. Beautiful, beautiful storytelling. The problem with this is that you're giving a morality setting to a character who's already definitively shown as a bad guy. John Marston on the first Red Dead Redemption was hiding out and pretending. Well, he wasn't pretending, but he was hiding out that he got found by the cops. The other reason why I said it's ridiculous for you to go around committing crimes when you're basically being watched constantly. But with Arthur, he was already a criminal. You're constantly doing things in the game that are of criminal nature that you want to do if they're not either fun or just in a, just in a, in a way of enjoying the game. Much like how anyone who plays Grand Theft Auto does the exact same thing. But what should have happened is, like Grand Theft Auto, it should have not been a factor to the character's overall progression in the story. When you steal a car in Grand Theft Auto, it doesn't do anything to your reputation. While as if you steal a horse in Red Dead Redemption, it does something to your reputation. If you commit a crime, if you do egregious acts that are known or particular crimes that are no um, that are seen are considered things that lower your honorable um that lower your approval ratings basically with these npcs like honor and whatnot like if you kill a bunch of bandits and then you loot their bodies that's all well and good but if you kill a regular stranger and loot their bodies oh that's dishonorable where exactly is the the understandable gauge for this why would you make that something to be put into question for this character. I'm supposed to play an outlaw. I am an outlaw. I'm constantly committing crimes. My existence goes against the very nature of the cops that exist. When I take in a bounty, I should also see my picture on the wall as well. But you don't. <laughs> so then, with that, with that being an aspect of the game, why is it that I'm also having an honorable rating as well as a dishonorable rating? That, that makes it completely retarded and they did it in red dead redemption one and they do it and they did it again on two and it's something that's completely ridiculous and it just takes away a lot of the flavor of the game because of the fact that it's a factor that actually matters at the end result of the game but just different actions and aspects of the game that pop up that you would do on a regular basis also controls that factor ridiculous just completely ridiculous. 
So that, that to me, that takes away a lot of the game and um, something enjoyable from the game because I, I just would have loved to just at one point in time stop and just go around committing whatever crime that I want and at the same time, you know, doing any type of uh, side mission or anything like that without feeling that there should be a consequence for my actions. I'm already a gangster that... To, to have consequences for my actions just goes against me being a gangster in the beginning of this game. <laughs> so, that is something that I, I felt was like just truly, truly ridiculous that they, that they have in this game. Um, I, another major aspect of going back into with the missions and the, the randomness of it is the fact that you can head to one mission and it not necessarily be uh, just as and it not necessarily be a main mission. It could just be a side mission. But there is no way to gauge or understand exactly which mittens, which missions have far more importance than others. Um, I know they had icons in which you can see on the map when you go to different areas and locations and whatnot. And for side missions, they typically are white, while main missions are yellow. The issue is that again. There is no sense of, you know, exactly how you're supposed to tackle this in order for the story to progress naturally. Certain missions needed you to either be bounty free or you could go to certain areas and whatnot. While there were missions that would make you to where doing things like that um, was something that was inevitable. There... There's certain missions that once you finish, you can find yourself having a bounty in a certain area. Which also was really ridiculous to me. Um, just small little sidebar. But uh, another thing that's incredibly annoying and fucking stupid in this game is that they give you the ability to put up the bandana to hide your identity. I've done multiple crimes when I had the bandana up. And then I would, and then people would witness me killing other people while I have the bandana up. And then it'll say, wanted, John Marston. And uh, it said he wanted Arthur Morgan. And that is just the stupidest thing in the world to me. Because that makes absolutely no sense. What is the point of the bandana if anyone can just recognize me? How am I so identifiably recognizable? <laughs> identifiably recognizable. That don't make any sense. But how is it that people are able to just see me with a bandana on and immediately go, oh, that's Arthur Morgan right there. Tell the cops. Like, then what's the point of wearing the bandana to conceal my identity in the first place? I might as well just be committing crimes without it. And because it, it does absolutely nothing. You could hit someone in the middle of the street while you're wearing a bandana and witnesses will know that you're Arthur Morgan. And it, it completely would ruin the game as well as just take me out of the immersion of the game that's just that was just so ridiculous could kill someone on the street and then i loot their bodies and walk away and then i'll have someone who just happens to come by later go i witnessed you kill them and i'm like miles away from that character by now <laughs> so and it's like now i have to deal with that now i gotta kill somebody else and then i go kill this stranger who just didn't who just saw me commit a murder and yes, I would kill them. I uh, would never spare them, but I would kill them. And then, like I'm, and it's marking away at and uh, me being dishonorable. When what would have been the right way of handling that situation? He was going to inform the police of my location. I would have to pay a bounty. That's something 
you don't want to happen. That's the negative part of being an outlaw. So, but I'm already playing a game where I am an outlaw. So why is it that I'm being punished for being, for doing outlaw things? So stupid. Ah, so stupid. Enough of the sidebar. So, the fact that the missions themselves had little to no clarity as well as any type of meaningful direction in which to tackle them or to play them really made a lot of things, um, really made the game seem out of focus. It'd be moments in which you're talking to one character doing a mission, and then as soon as that mission is over with, you'll handle another mission with a character, and sometimes it might feel like, ah, I probably should have played this one before I played the other one. But I wouldn't have known. And Rockstar has been doing that for years in their games, and you just kind of, you just kind of get used to it. But you never should just get used to a bad gameplay element. You just, they should fix it, cause that it, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a negative aspect to me. I would like to know, I the the story would be far better if you played this mission ahead of this mission. Or should be let you know, like if you played this side, like you need, you have this much time to complete this side story, because once you move on to the next chapter, you won't be able to make it to this area anymore, and you won't be able to do this side mission anymore. Things to let you know. That way, there's some type of symbolism of urgency. You know, I only got three chapters to do this side mission, or I need to investigate this area for a minute if I want this or whatnot. But no, no, no such thing in Rockstar games. I, it's not that I want the game to hold my hand, but I just would like to be able to understand that even in this sandbox game, there's some type of direction that they're leaning towards. I don't just have to hop along from mission to mission, hoping that this mission will be the one that actually continues the storyline, or something that actually is of grave importance. Do I need to get my guns ready for a shootout, or Am I about to embark on one of their different type of missions? You know, something like that. Something to, something to help me out. Uh, just, it, it feel like it would just have, I would enjoy the game better that way. Honestly, like I said, people have gotten used to it and there's a, it's fine to play the game that way. I played the game that way and it was totally fine, but it's just, I don't like to do that. So, another aspect of the game that I really, really, cannot, uh, that I really cannot get over with, is the lack of creativity in this game. Um, after a certain point, the challenge of this game just becomes, let's just throw waves of enemies at these characters. And I felt like that took away a hell of a lot from the creativity that they bring up in the beginning. Uh, one of the things that I thought were cool was, like, uh, moments where, uh, Arthur would do things that would seem out of the ordinary. Uh, the fact that if you save the family, um, well, the, uh, like, uh, no, I'm tripping. <laughs> but just uh, the different aspects of the game that came up that honestly gave it a fresh take that I thought was fairly interesting. Um, the fact when you save that family where you find the new camp location in order for, and you tell them to move while you're Arthur and everything, I thought that was neat. I thought moments like that were cool. I felt that it would have been great if the game just had that as something that you would do on a regular. You would go to random different locations within the game to move the camp for the people to get used to living there and whatnot. Now, the game was able to progress that in a great way 
But at the same time, because of how the story was fluctuating, you never really got to enjoy it as the first couple of times that you, as the, after the first couple of times when you did it. Because then after a while, being in the camp became a chore, or heading back to the different locations of the camp became a chore rather than something that was interesting and fun to do. I really didn't care to go back to the mansion where you chased out the racist, because <laughs> that's what they were, they were racist, where you chased out the racist because I had to go inside the mansion, walk up the stairs, walk into my room, go inside my room in order to just go to sleep. While as at the first campsite, I just went to my bunk, you know, it, stuff like that became annoying. Like that made going to the camp a chore. And it was like, okay, to refilling my ammo, I got to go back up to my room. It's like, okay, and then I got to go downstairs in order to do a mission with somebody. Also, the lack of the ability to run while you're in the campsite in order to just be at a slow pace so everyone can come up to you and walk. I mean, come up to you and talk about uh, different things and random stuff. It's cool that they have that type of um, interaction between the different people at the campsite. But I needed it to feel far more... uh, intriguing like don't force me to interact with everybody because they have to slowly walk up to me i have to slowly walk around in order for that interaction to happen no have it be random interactions much like the random uh side missions that they have in the game where you just bump into people or you bump into someone let that be the exact same way when it comes to the campsite and like the campsite idea itself was initially was very cool Honestly, I thought it was dope, but because the story degraded into something to where all of that fell apart at the very end, it becomes hollow. There's no real point in upgrading the campsite or anything like that because there's no point to it. At the end of the game, the the, the little gang hideout is gone. So, what was the point? What am I spo- How am I supposed to enjoy that if? All of the work that I all of the work that I'm putting in and doing for this just ultimately goes away. So essentially, I just have this small window before the gang hideout is ultimately destroyed or goes to its inevitable end, to where I'm able to actually immerse and do things and make it the best hideout it could possibly be. I don't want to do that. That's stupid. That sounds so dumb. Why fix up a house if you know it's going to burn down on the thirtieth? What are you doing? <laughs> let's, let's spend all our money getting get some new shingles. It's going to burn down. We know it's going to burn down. You told me it's going to burn down. Yeah, but I really want those shingles. That's so dumb. We can put shingles on the next house. There is no next house. <laughs> it's just this, and then we die. Ugh, so stupid. So stupid. And again, that's something that I believe to take away. As much as everyone praises the whole... Uh, gang hideout and the creativity if the gang itself was centered around arthur leading his own gang and then you constantly doing stuff like that in order to keep the gang um in order to keep the hideout um going you bringing in most of the income you the flux and um and arguments and stuff like that that would have been great which is something i'm going to lead into as a way to deeply improve the game but i'm gonna save that for the end um so it it, it was like interesting idea, but the execution over overall by the end of the game is deeply flawed because there's no payoff. It's essentially like watching a porn and then all they're doing is constantly just switching positions and humping. It was like if 
if there's no money shot, I, I, when when is it over? <laughs> How do you know it's over? <laughs> you, you, like, that's the signal that this is over with. And, you know, it, it's a payoff. Like, that's it. It's over with. <laughs> but Red Dead Redemption 2 gave you no such thing when it came to this upgrading the hideout. Constantly moving from place to place. Being told, all right, uh, we need to just stick here for just a little bit. Or, like, Dutch got these plans going and everything. It The immersion fell out. Along with the concept of one prequel, I already know Dutch is going to be evil and he's going to go crazy. This gang shit is going to fall apart. Two, the fact that Arthur Morgan is constantly being led by the nose, being told that it's all going to work out, it's all going to work out when I know what's not going to work out, makes me care about what they're doing with this gang far less enjoyable. Three, the identity of when you finally do beat the game and that there is no no remembrance or symbolism of the hideout that you just wasted time and effort to actually create having anything lasting in it and for the idea and prospect of building up relationships with all these characters when at the end of the game the only character that it truly focuses on is john marston all the other characters are situationally um put where they're put and it's not that big of a deal you're capable of finding all of the um some of the old gang members and speaking to them throughout the game um, after you die as, um, a, um, as Arthur and then you're playing as John. But you don't need to. Honestly, I, I, I just looked up the way of how to do it on YouTube and I just watched what they had on there because it's essentially, that's, that's all you're going to get. And really, it was just incredibly hollow. And then I, I played the game as John, finishing it up, and I didn't even feel the need to go and look for these characters. I just did not care. Because I, I just, it, it was such a, uh, it, it wasn't John who built up the relationship with these characters. It was Arthur who built up the relationship with these characters. It wasn't John who got to listen to their sob stories of what they wanted to do and their, them talking to him about what's going on with him. It was Arthur. So because I wasn't Arthur, I didn't get that payout to actually get have any influence in the end result of what they were doing or how they lived their lives. It was already scripted for it to be that way. So that was something that completely ruined the game. This is another thing that completely took away from the game for me. But again, all of this is story. All of this is story. Gameplay-wise... Uh, if you played the first Red Dead Redemption and then you played this one, this game is far superior to it in every way possible. The Deadeye feature is a hell of a lot more understandable and instead of being all wonky. Because on the first Red Dead Redemption, uh, to me, it was a very flawed and weird aspect that they had. It was very cool and everything, but just the like once you, once you got used to it, then it was easy. But in the beginning of the game, their explanation of it is very just, eh, do press these buttons and then do being dead eye. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, far better. Um, the, uh, the items and the different, um, the different items, the customization of clothes, the, the different variety of shops and the different uh, small little tidbits every here and there that they added in the game was honestly quite enjoyable and I really liked that. Problem is, like I said, overall in the stories and the games, you 
kind of got a lot of stuff to where they did, to where they did stuff like, uh, you know, by the end of the game, in order for something to be difficult, they just put you in a situation where you're just surrounded by a bunch of people. It didn't make the game challenging or difficult. There wasn't anything new being done to it, but from the original um, startup of the game, but it's just, that's all that it was by the end of it. And honestly, it kept, it kind of got tiring. So it was like, I just, the game itself, just I already knew exactly how everything was going to be. And it was like, yeah, I, I might be facing down about 30 enemies, but like, I got a repeater. I'm good. <laughs> I got a repeater and a bunch of ammo. I'm fine. I have nothing to worry about. Well, as uh, it just, the game was lacking in that aspect and the creativity part of it by the end of the game. And that took away a lot of it from me um, as well. Uh, another major, major flaw is that this game, with all its bells and whistles, has this innate ability to not explain to you all the bells and whistles. Very, there are a great many things in this game that are wistfully never explained to you. That you can just play the entire game without even seeing, mentioning, or even like noticing anything about that, which would make the game possibly far more enjoyable or just a hell of a lot better gameplay-wise. Didn't know um, one of the things that, used to, that pissed me off like crazy was every time I equipped a weapon on me and I get on my horse, he would stow the weapons away on the horse. And then when I get off the horse, he wouldn't have these weapons, but I just equipped them on me while I was on the horse. But he put them back on the horse, and I felt that it was so stupid that they would design the game to be that way. Come to find out, after I played the game, you were able to go to a gunsmith and then equip said weapons that you like to keep on your person as a weapons that will constantly be equipped to you at all times. Usually the pistols are equipped to you automatically. This is not something that is ever explained in the game. So how the hell could I possibly know that? And then... Even still, there's certain missions that would basically force you to not carry the weapons that you equipped on your person at all times because the mission dictates that you can have it. Uh, that's so stupid. <laughs> and, just, and so it would deselect weapons that you would want on you and then it's like they're, they're your weapons. Why would you? Uh, <laughs> just so dumb. So dumb. And, and again... Something else that takes away from the game. Because constantly I was fiddling and every time I get off my horse, I would make sure I have all the weapons that I want to use. Do I want to use an arrow for this mission? Do I want to use a shotgun? I don't know. But I have to, I'm selecting and putting them on my person as I'm riding the horse, getting ready to go to the next mission. And then when I get there, he done put them all up on my horse and now I'm stuck with two pistols. Just Stupid. Also, the concept and the act of the horse themselves being the carrier of all the weapons that uh, Arthur would use. I felt that was very, very stupid. Um, it seems like the game needed you to be able to have something like a weapons chest or something like that to where you can equip the horse with weapons that you would want, that you funnel through and circle through all the time with. But... At the same time, you know, you don't need to... I, I didn't want to go past all these weapons in order for me to get to the one that I really wanted. It, it would... Because once you play the game, basically you find a 
couple of weapons that you really just like using over and over again, and you stick with those, and that's what I did. So I didn't feel the need to use my old repeater when I was using my new upgraded one that I crafted myself, and I was added all my nice stuff to it. It was like, oh, I got to keep going past this old dusty one in order for me to get to that. And it, and it got tiresome because I had to keep doing it every time. So that, that was very annoying. But it's like I probably didn't want to use a repeater every mission. So it was like even if I equipped it to me from the gunsmith, that's not always the gun I want to use. So it would have been better if you just had a select number of weapons that would be stored in the horse. But throughout the entire arsenal of weapons that you purchase. You actually kept in a safe location that you could go to at any point in time and swap out any just for different combinations of guns that you would keep within your horse. That would have been fine. It, it would have been cool if you could do that at wherever you hit your horse set or um, a stable, any, anything like that. They could have added that to it. But, you know, that, far be it from me to know how to tell them to make a game or improve it on a game in some way. But the, the fact that basically that's just one example of the multiple things that happen in the game which basically are left unheeded because you don't know anything about and they never explain how to do like like any type of way to tackle it handle it or anything like that at all is very annoying very annoying but again they did that same stuff in red dead redemption one and a bad gameplay element because you're used to it should not be an excuse it's not an excuse that's a that's a bad gameplay design what well, is how you do this with this character when do they ever mention that or oh, we never mention that so then how the hell was i supposed to know that you could do that i don't know <laughs> so stupid just so stupid and so Ultimately, while playing the game, uh, feeling a sense of Arthur's Morgan, Arthur Morgan's lack of, and it's like his character was fantastic, but his lack of opinions, um, the lack of being able to choose his drive, or basically, you yourself, honestly, it, the game would have been a far better payout if you were tricked into redeeming Arthur Morgan. You're playing the game one way, but the game itself is directing you into his ultimate redemption, which you have no other choice but to act in, um, inevitably get to because that's how the game progresses. And what the game does, rather than that feel authentic, and memorable, and justified because Arthur Morgan was the character who you were the one you designed, you designed his fate. You had him do these particular missions, what ultimately led to his inevitable destruction, that's not it. You're someone who does the missions that someone else told you to do in Rockstar fashion. Much like how every main character in every Grand Theft Auto doesn't really have a set goal. They just kind of get enemies until they have to kill all their enemies so they can finally just be okay. And in doing so, they rhyme, they rise up the, the crime boss rankings. Crime boss rankings in order to get to the very top and establish themselves wherever they establish themselves at the end because that's the only ending you could get to in order to kill the person that you really, 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 really needed to kill. That's, that's just like all um, Grand Theft Auto games in a nutshell right there. But with Red Dead Redemption, it, uh, it like I said, it, it had a fantastic character. But the route on which that character took that led to his redemption 
was very whack and lackluster because of the fact that it was all under the drive of him being outwardly against what was happening, but still being under the mercy of the control of the mission, being told thus. Really, really weak storytelling in that gameplay, rather than Basically, if Red Dead Redemption 2 was a book, it would have felt a hell of a lot better than it being a game in which you get to control a character and you see his actions and everything contradict the actions that take place within the game. And it's like in the book, I felt like literally, like uh, not literally, but literature wise, you know, you could read out the story of Arthur Morgan and be like, cool. But then playing Arthur Morgan and having him do different story, like interacting with different characters, different stories, and different things like that would shape him as a person whom you already established from the get-go as someone who would be outwardly, no, I'm not doing that. No, get out of my face. Psh, you're stupid. You're dumb. This is dumb. This is stupid. I'm not doing this. And then go, okay, here, let me come with you. Just, just so many contradictions of a character. And it just, it to me, it just... Ripped apart everything that I liked about Arthur. Because I'm sitting there going, man, this guy's amazing. And he goes, that's the dumbest idea you ever make. And they go, come on, Arthur. And he goes, all right, I guess I'll go. And it's like, no, Arthur. You just told him it was stupid. How <laughs> oh, I hated that. And there's so many missions that do that. And then what just leads up to um, a shootout. Just a bunch of people about to shoot out and, and then you, you run away even though you got bandanas on but you gotta pay off your bounty because they knew it was you somehow. Your gun oil smells like Arthur. <laughs> so stupid. One of my favorite missions was when you um, robbed a train. You had to run away from the law that was desperately chasing you all up until the point where you hid out in a barn behind a house and you stayed there until it was night and then when you woke up your friends were at the ready, and there were just police everywhere, or sheriffs and lawmen everywhere, scouring the land of the, um, of the farm. And you can actually see and hear them talking to the people who own the farm, asking them if they've seen any weird people around. And they go, no, but only there guys that barn, but ain't nothing in it. And the people kind of search the barn, they don't see you, and then one of them knocks a lamp over, fire goes everywhere, and you start shooting out, you still got to run away, you're shooting, you're running. And that mission is dope. God, I thought that mission was amazing. I loved that mission. And then in the end, it found out that even though you robbed the train, it really wasn't much to it. So then Arthur got pissed. And I was like, this is, this is gold right here. And there's never another mission that's like that in the game. <laughs> it's like there's other interesting, cool missions. But nothing that ever really has that type of symbolism. That, uh, that, that symbolism of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making up a word. I, I'm trying to say, not symbolism. Because that means a thing that means something. <laughs> but no, no other mission in that game has the substance that that mission had. The substance. has <laughs> the substance that that mission had for me. And honestly, it's the mission that I remember the most. So, and the, the fact that that is something. And like, that's a mission that happens very much early on in the game. As opposed to you uh, leaving the island. Um. When you uh, get shipwrecked and uh, the mission at the end of the game where you're deathly ill and sick and you're fighting Micah on the top of the mountain, which is also very lackluster and poorly done because you, you, you get to fight Micah and then it boils down to a fist fight. 
and then the fist fight becomes scripted. So then it feels so, so much, uh, uh, it just feels so disgusting because the better way of doing the scripting would have been to made it to where the fist fight itself, you felt helpless because of his disease acting up the way that it did. Rather than it just being that your response is too slow. Or as much as you want to punch Micah, he's just blocking. So it's just like like you're playing the computer in a fighting game. So it's just it knows all your moves before you can even do it. And and that just felt whack. Rather, it would have been a lot better with um, Arthur breathing hard. So as you progress throughout the final level, he got slower and slower the more he ran. Uh, his breathing became more heavier. You were pushing through uh, medical supplies over and over and over again. And then when you finally get to fight Micah, your breathing is incredibly exhausted. Like, he's incredibly exhausted. His breathing is just heavy like crazy. So you're throwing punches left and right, and they're just sluggishly going. So no matter how hard you're tapping the button, there's barely any response. Because that's how he would be feeling right now, because he's freaking dying. But instead, like, I'm, I'm swinging haymakers and everything but it's just they're being blocked and it's like this is impossible this dude's over here <laughs> by the end of it and you have him slowly crawl into a gun and it's just there's no type of payoff in that and which was the only thing that felt authentic in that aspect because of how helpless you feel constantly tapping that button to make it to where Arthur's able to crawl to the gun to get it to where he can shoot and kill Micah and the whole fight actually should have felt that way and to where you barely are able to beat Micah into the submission, even with your lack of breath and oxygen and all these trials ahead of you because Arthur is the far superior person. And that just, uh, narrative-wise, that just, I felt like that would that was a poor design on their, cho- on their part in terms of doing that for the game. But, hey, that's just me. Now, in terms of correcting the games are my corrections for it because I'm a firm believer in you can't critique unless you have opinions to better what you're critiquing because otherwise you're just talking out of your ass. Um, Something that definitely could have been done is that if Red Dead Redemption 2 had nothing to do with Red Dead Redemption. Honestly, it could have been a standalone story about Arthur Morgan. You didn't need to make it about John Marston. If John Marston was another character or another person, honestly, the story would have been the exact same. You didn't need to include Dutch, someone who you know is a bad guy that you kill in the first Red Dead Redemption. It could have just been someone who you would have established. Um, Arthur has a deep understanding and father figure attitude toward this character. So in showcasing everything that's happening, his slow descent into madness and craziness, yes, it works out for the overall story and understanding John Marston for Red Dead Redemption 1. But in two, it's unnecessary. You didn't need to see Dutch go into madness. You just knew Dutch was crazy from what they said on Red Dead Redemption 1. So to see him go into madness, it might help in the overall arching story for Red Dead Redemption 1. But if two was his own standalone story, that's not it. And it's pointless. Then it's unnecessary. I you didn't need to see it be Dutch. It could have been another person. That way the effect would have hit harder the more of his disbelief, the constant need and the tone of him um, un- like unapproving the things that Arthur was doing or the feeling of wanting to get him to believe you when you're trying to expressly tell him, you're being tricked. They're tricking you. This isn't, this isn't how we do things. 
that would have been something they could have definitely improved on. But they wanted to connect it to the original Red Dead Redemption, which they shouldn't have. Honestly, I feel like they would have had a far better reaching market if they would have treated the Red Dead Redemption games like they do their Grand Theft Auto games. Where it's like, it can exist within the same world, but it's a totally different story. And honestly, it would have freaking worked, especially in the grand scale of what they were doing um, in 2. But another way of critiquing it, the overall story, I feel, would have had Arthur Morgan actually be the leader of his own game. I feel that the game would have played out a hell of a lot better if you were actually able to make your own ragtag group of um, gang members. The idea and the fact that the different members falling and dying the way that they do within Red Dead Redemption 2, I feel would have carried a hell of a lot more weight if you were the one personally responsible for getting this ragtag group of people together and then seeing them fall because of your bad decisions one by one. While as the same time Arthur questioning his actions and choices in life that led him to be and um, get to where he is. Uh... I know it's asking a lot for any type of video game, especially for Rockstar, but a game in which you're con- where you're able to go through missions, picking up characters, you start liking these characters. The characters basically get charmed by Arthur, who had a lot of charm and was able to coerce with all of these characters in a very, very good and meaningful manner, and just constantly have them drop like flies because of the decisions that he has to make in order for the safety or well-being of everyone else in the game. You can start them off with just about five people, and then as the game progresses, you kind of end up with at least nine or eleven. And throughout that time frame, four of them die off, or, or five of them die off for all I care. <laughs> you know, and it could be some of the old and some of the new. But they don't necessarily have to be a part of the main story. But some of the characters you can join into your gang can actually be a part of side missions that you can do throughout the game, in which something um, along the lines of uh, just interacting with different people or getting to see. Uh, different characters grow up because of one small action. A guy you can save in the very first chapter of the game could end up as someone who honed his gun skills, got bigger and tougher, and then sought you out to try and join your gang. That could be interesting, but then it depends on whether or not you do the side mission of saving this person or letting this person die, or you killing him and robbing him. Different aspects like that, which would affect your overall um, characterization later on. And maybe that character, if you were to let him live, is someone who saves your life at a certain mission. But because you killed him and now you don't have him in your gang, you wind up getting shot. Which stops you from saving another character from getting shot. Different things like that, which would have made it a far more compelling and interesting story. Uh, as well as bring up the dynamic of the interaction with the characters at the campsite. Constantly keeping a, a bright atmosphere around the campsite, talking to different people, making sure that everyone's okay despite different missions. You do a train robbery that goes bad. You got some of the people around the um, around the uh, hideout constantly shook about it. Like, are we being followed? Should we move? And you're reassuring them. Or you put them on edge and let them know, we'll just be ready. And that also has an effect on the game overall. So when stuff or trouble does happen, which you can have random intervals of where people might break into the camp or a rival gang might track you down or follow some character from something else because they weren't paying attention enough to make sure they weren't being followed and they got followed by a rival gang member. And that's all because of the fact that you did a bad job, you like a, a bad train robbery job, and they were shook and you told them to relax 
and in their moment of relaxing or trying to get some normalcy, they slipped up. Or the train job can go good, and they basically feel that they're on the top of the world because of all the money that you got and that you're going to fence. And because of that, they lack, <laughs> you know, like they, they think that, you know, there's nothing bad that could happen to them. They slip up, and now you have the law on you. So in another one way, you can have a rival gang. In another way, you can have the law. Different things like that, um, which would have made it far more enjoyable, as well as the hideout, um, more deserving of being a hideout. And just the fact that the payoff to keep it like you would, you would have wanted to make sure that the hideout stays up to date. Different aspects were brought to it. Different things are included to make people feel more at home or to make them more comfortable being at the hideout. That way, you would be inclined to do more missions, go about hunting more animals, finding different things, doing all this other, all the bells and whistle stuff that they introduced into the game, which would have made it a far more enjoyable experience. I want to get the ultimate bear skin, um, the perfect bear skin pelt, because it would look great on the floor around the campsite when we're all getting drunk and singing, and everyone would love it. So I need to go kill this legendary creature. <laughs> But as I play the game, I don't want to kill no legendary creature. Those things are terrible. <laughs> it's like that. It just seems like a waste of time. And it's like, yeah, I get like a, uh, or if I get a perfectly skinned pelt or something like that, and it's like all I get is like deer antlers at the camp at the um, hideout. Who? What does that do? Nothing. Yeah, whatever. Or you get some talismans that'll give you extra little bonuses. But I played the whole game without actually needing to do any of that. Nor did I want to do any of that. You kind of need to bring that aspect home if you want to make sure that the game is far more enjoyable. Which is also another thing that they didn't, that they failed to mention. As soon as I got a talisman, it was like, yeah, you can collect talismans. I was like, well... Thanks for telling me this late into the game, and then how do I go about making and getting talismans? You didn't explain that. They just said you can get them. Uh, it's like they wanted the rest of the game to be explained to you by cheats that someone else would definitely tell you later. What is this, Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation? Just, no. <laughs> no. So, those are aspects that I felt like um, could have greatly improved the game. Um... Arthur being a leaguer and then uh, his redemption story stemming towards uh, inevitably him deciding that, you know, there's someone in the gang who's kind of just wants to get away from this life, much like with uh, John Marston and his realization of wanting to be with his family progresses as time goes on throughout the story. You could really have that same aspect um, in what I'm talking about. And which you kind of have, like, John Marston going, like, a character like John Marston going his way, and then Arthur believing that, hey, I want to do this last thing so everyone in the gang is okay, including you. And then just get to a point where it just overwhelms him, and he's like, I, I just, just go, man. Just go. I'm going to have one final shootout, just like on the original Red Dead Redemption, and it'll be the sauce. <laughs> but it's just, just... The elements that were given in the game and how the story progressed and the gameplay itself, it just, they were just okay. And I understand everyone praising it to all high heavens and, hey, it's all well and good, baby. I feel that, I feel that it, it is rightfully deserving of everyone who feels a certain ways about the game and 
things like that, but the impression of the story and the continuation of what they had going on and what Rockstar does and the things that Rockstar are known for doing and then what the game itself entailed and what it was living up to is from the original Red Dead Redemption or for what I can remember from the original Red Dead Redemption honestly fell to the wayside with me. Do I believe Red Dead Redemption 2 is a better game than 1? Wholeheartedly, yes. But I do believe Red Dead Redemption 1 had a hell of a lot more substance in the um, in this content. You went to different places. I went to freaking Mexico. <laughs> like, I went to Mexico in the original Red Dead Redemption. I didn't go to Mexico in Red in 2. I went to Guam. And you're only there for about, what, uh, five quick, quick, five little quick missions that, that mean nothing. And I can't really go back there or anything like that but in two you got to make um you got to keep places where you can buy different horses and go different areas and locations or whatnot you kind of had bases that you could quick travel to um and, and i thought and and honestly like it, it made the game far more enjoyable to me also uh Quick travel is something that's incredibly weird. The The aspect of you being able to, you have to set up camp in order to quick travel. And then you can only be within the confines of uh, certain towns that you've visited within the map. Also was ridiculous. Um, Red Dead Redemption 1 had a better way of conveying this. While you were able to actually go to different houses or locations that you've set up. Or different places where you've rested. So you could go to either towns or rest areas with quick travel and uh, or like set waypoints there that you could get to. Um, I, I just felt like one handled that a lot better. But their way of handling quick travel has always been terrible. Uh, one was terrible at the same route, but two just made it like far more accessible, but just ridiculous. And granted, you want the feel of conveying over the great country areas in the south and and um and and being a, a cowboy but there's so much of the elements of what a cowboy actually did and what rockstar allowed you to do and then quick travel being something that they don't implement just made it a far more begrudging uh game uh, so it's just it, it made it seem longer when it didn't need to seem that long. I don't need to travel halfway across the map to get to a to get to an area where there's like a side mission going on. If I could quickly get over to that area so I can do the side mission and then enjoy myself playing the game, that'd be perfect. But I really don't see the need to be able to have to travel the long way going to the side mission. Yes, it might open up opportunities for other side missions along the way, but that's my business to worry about or miss out on something like that. But to force me to do that is going to make me just look at the trip and go, never mind. Which is what I did half of the time playing the game because there was no need nor did I feel any enjoyment playing side missions to where like I had to travel this super far in order for a small little payoff. It, it really made no sense. It made the game longer than it needed to be. Another aspect that added on to that would be the arduous, long-ass loads 
that Rockstar is fucking known for. God, I hate when they do this crap. And, and it's the most disgusting thing that they do in games, but they continue to do it because they know no other way of loading. And it's so stupid. But basically having these long, drawn-out conversations on your way to mission sites. When you do that, it's okay on your first run while going to a mission. If I have to listen to an explanation of people talking or get a better understanding of characterization while these characters are traveling to said mission and you're basically loading up the area for said mission while this long-ass walk is happening, fine. I'm cool with that. But at least give me the ability to skip it if I happen to die. If I happen to die and I continue from a uh, an area... Or I go to a, a point where I have to go back to a point where I'm not even doing this mission anymore because I feel like I don't want to do this mission because it changes stuff. When I replay things, I should be able to skip conversations. Whether I've heard them or not, I should be able to just have that ability to skip. If you have to show a loading screen because of that, so be it. But I'm pretty sure showing the loading screen wouldn't be half as long as listening to this incredibly long, drawn-out conversation that I've already heard before. This is something I've hated in every Grand Theft Auto, as well as the original Red Dead Redemption. Because it is so annoying. And 2 is no different. It's such an egregiously disgusting slow pace of a drudge. Every time I die because I go, oh man, I, I'm not going to start back at the checkpoint. I might have to start back from when they first started this mission, which is when they were talking about the mission. And it just takes forever. I don't want to see the, the horse trip to the train and then the train trip to the city where I get on horses again. I don't want to see it. Let me just skip to when I get to the town because that's, that's all I'm trying to do. And, and it just... It pisses me off because they do that in every game, and it's it's a it's a disgusting, stupid way for them to hide loading screens when they don't need to. Just I, I just I would take the loading screen to try and make it feel like this world is never glitching is an impossibility. So it's it's an impossible feat for Rockstar to make because their their games are full of glitches. But still, it's just something that is just arguably one of the worst aspects that they have in their game. And it makes it to the point where you don't even want to, you try to complete a game just for the simple fact that you don't want to have to play that mission over. And as well as it takes away, a, it takes away greatly, like a hell of a lot, from the replay, replay value. I do not wish to replay Red Dead Redemption 2. Under just half of the reason, simply because of the fact that I know all of the goddamn conversations that I have to listen to over and over and over again. And that just sounds terrible. I feel that if I do pick up the game again and try to restart it, it will have to be after I spent a long while forgetting every little detail and aspect about it. And even still, I doubt that I would want to. Like I said, I didn't remember anything from Red Dead Redemption 1 because nothing about that game is that memorable aside from the ending. But I also, but what I do remember is that it had the exact same rock star flaw of these long ass ridiculous conversations on the way from point A to point B, which in a realistic standpoint isn't even a thing. 
People do not get in these ridiculous long conversations every time they start riding together. Sometimes when people are in a car together, they just shut up. Hey, turn on um, the music. Cool. It would be interesting if they did this in Grand Theft Auto, uh, like while you're driving in a car or going from point A to point B, characters are just quiet. And then you actually have your radio on. And it will be interesting is while you're talking, instead of the radio volume going down so the conversation could be heard over the radio, actually have a character turn the radio down and go, hey man, can I uh, talk to you about something? And then that be the start of a conversation. But also give me an ability to skip the horrible drudge of going from point A to point B. Gosh. I just, I've been dealing with that anger for that aspect of the game ever since I started playing it. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I started playing Red Dead Redemption 2, that was the thing that I knew was just, it just been pissing me off since I started. Since I started, just okay, and it's like, I'm, I'm listening to these characters and everything like that. Right now, it's fresh. But I know I'm not going to have the patience to sit through listening to this again if I even wanted to try to play this game differently. Because what is the fucking point? I already know that you have this messed up backstory. But I don't want to hear it just because we happen to be walking through the little snowy mountains in these big old boots. Ugh, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> like, let me skip this. But, is that it? Is that all? Yeah. That's it. I got it off my chest. My, my everything that I've witnessed and played through in this game has been, like I said, very enjoyable. It's actually a good game. It has a major, huge bunch of flaws. But the game itself was very nice, very well done, and it, I, like, I loved all the bells and whistles about it. I loved the ice at the aspect of there being crazy side missions just from you randomly encountering people and then helping them out or not helping them out. That's fantastic. I love that. I thought it was cool when they started doing that on a Grand Theft Auto 4, and so the fact that they carried over to here um they did in the original red dead as well and i, I just i love that i i loved every moment of that i love like you see someone on the side of the road and they go could you please help me you get down and try and help them and then they stick you up that's fantastic <laughs> and i go yay that's great like this is this is the wild wild west yeah <laughs> the wild wild west but like uh, overall like i Despite all of what I have a problem with in this game, you know, it it ultimately it is the best game if you want to actually be a freaking cowboy, you know? It's sad that it is, but it, that's what it is. And it's like to freely be able to go about doing all the misdeeds or the stuff that you see in all those Clint Eastwood movies, you, you don't get that unless you play Red Dead Redemption. And 2 just literally gave you the character that fully encompass what you would think a Clint Eastwood cowboy character could possibly be um, if you were to ever play one. Uh, is he the rough loner that just can never be bested? No. But he is that gruff, tough, um, big guy that just 
he demands respect. And that's what I loved about Arthur Morgan. Like, I, I just love that they had that with Arthur Morgan. Like I said, far more enjoyable and far more memorable character than John Marston, to, in my opinion. And I just felt that that was great. So, I mean, if there's anything that I could possibly say um, in just in defiance against this game is the fact that you can't sleep with prostitutes. They have an abundance of prostitutes in this game. I mean, in abundance. Hell, there's even a secret mission where you get to help out this mass murdering prostitute chick, um, which is incredibly funny if you ever get the chance to do it. I always suggest helping her. Um, she pay you, and then you hogtie her and then turn her into the police, in which they then pay you. Fantastic. Um, but there's so many prostitutes. They're just everywhere. But you're not allowed to have sex with a prostitute in these games. And it's so retarded that they do that. In one, I give them a pass because John was supposed to be married and super in love and blah, blah, blah. But again, prostitutes all over that game. But then in this one, you can't have sex with a prostitute. And that's just super weird. Why am I so harped up about that? That's none of your goddamn business. But let's not forget, this is also the same gaming company that allows you to have sex with a prostitute in your car, as long as you park in a shady spot or behind a dumpster, and you have sex with a prostitute, it makes your health go up, and then they take away a couple of bucks, you know, 50 for a, 50 for a tuggy, 30 for a pulley, and uh, 100 for the whole shebang bang. But then your health goes up, they then get out of their car, you can, they get out of your car, you can then get out of your car, get a baseball bat, beat them to death, get your money plus some more back, and you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and you just you go on about your day, go do another mission, get you a bulletproof vest or something with your extra earnings. This company made games that do that. So why, for whatever reason, do they not allow you to have sex with prostitutes in Red Dead Redemption? I find that incredibly odd. Very weird, and something that they need to add on. Because it seems ridiculous to showboat and to spend time including so many prostitutes in the game if they serve no purpose outside of a visual aspect. I, I find that really weird. There's certain times where it's just like a bunch of these hookers standing around saloons, and they even have like, rooms that are dedicated to dudes doing chicks with, like, red lights and stuff, and I think, I think that's hilarious, and, but it's like, yeah, you can't do that, why not, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be immersed in a cowboy, I'm supposed to be able to do everything a cowboy can do, well, cowboys wouldn't do this, what are you talking about, why would you put them in here if they didn't do this, <laughs> that's so backwards, that is so weird, and this, this is such a weird thing to be upset about in the game. But I, I'm, I'm generally upset about that. I thought with 2 and the fact that you're not being John, they would know better. But they they didn't. They don't. They won't. Ugh. It's so weird. Like, just just let, let you have sex with prostitutes. Hell, The Witcher 3, the possibly one of the best open world games out there, um, way better than... than than Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I can play Witcher 3 over again, but I will not play Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I, I don't feel the need to want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but 
The Witcher 3, you have you literally have a story arc in which you are choosing the love of your life in this game. And I did that, and I immediately went to a brothel just because I thought it would be funny to do that behind her back. Yeah, stick like, there you go, Yennefer. I don't like you. But between the two of the ultimatum choices I get in this game, you, I just, I, I like, I, I prefer black hair over red hair. That's the only reason I chose her. That's the only reason I chose her. Didn't know you know, all about Yennefer's backstory. I wish I did. I would have chose Trish. I, I, I enjoy her company more, but I just, I just didn't like the way her hair was. It, I like redheads, but I didn't like Trish's hair. You know, like, like, uh, girl could have did some, like, she needed some work. You know what I mean? Like, Jennifer, I like the flowiness of it, but Trish's, ugh, it was like, ugh. Those split ends. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's so disturbing. So, yeah, Rockstar, um, Red Dead Redemption 2, good game, but uh, needs prostitutes. Yeah, I think that's the, the core consensus of what I was trying to talk about. All right, bye.